It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever, wherever you may be listening. Thank you for joining Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <coughs> Excuse me, got a little bit of a cold. And uh, my name is Chris Maselli, host of your Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Uh, another jam-packed show for you today. We will get into uh, previewing the game tomorrow against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and kind of touch on some other things, but first, the uh, housekeeping portion of the show, where I tell you where to follow Locked On Avalanche. On Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, Locked On Avalanche. On Gmail, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And on Facebook, Facebook, just search Locked On Avalanche. So, uh, we're going to start with some quick injury news and then get into what everybody seems to be talking about in Taylor Hall. So, first, um, uh, Ryan Clark over at The Athletic uh, is really good with his reporting. He's excellent with his reporting. And uh, he's pretty reliable, obviously. So, um, he posted earlier today um, some things that we already knew, but kind of maybe just setting it in stone with the next um, three-game road trip the Avs have coming up with Matt Calvert could actually be a possibility tomorrow in Toronto. A uh, little surprising on that. I thought maybe the second or third game he would be available, but uh, maybe he's progressing along nicely. It appears so because he is a possibility tomorrow night in Toronto. Uh, Miko Rantanen, who, and I didn't mention that in yesterday's show that he didn't play the third period. There was no reason for him to um, with the blowout that they were having. Um, and this is something that they did when they played the Predators and they were up 9-2, it was either 2 or 3, I think, going into the third. They rested, I know they rested McKinnon, I think they rested Zadorov. <clears throat> I think it turned out Zadorov was hurt, obviously, in that game, but McKinnon was just precaution. Same thing with Rantanen. First game back um, from his injury, you're up 7-2 to two at that point. Game is in hand. Um, you know, why, why really force the issue with him? He put up his four points, pretty incredible. Um, so, bench him and reassess. I think they said he tweaked a couple things here and there during the game, but that's every single player in every single hockey game throughout the season. Um, Nothing to be really worried about with him. Um, He didn't, however, take the day off, so I think they're um, kind of being just precautious, even in practice with him, uh, not to push him too much and let him come back at his own pace in terms of uh, when you're going to practice and how much interaction he has in those practices. Gabe Landeskog obviously will be on the trip <clears throat> to um, the three-game road trip. Where and if he plays remains to be seen. Um, and Andre Burakovsky worked out today, and he could join them by the end of the trip. So, um, again, I think with that last game being against Boston, um, I think you're going to want to rest who needs some a couple extra days rest like they did with Miko Rantanen um, and maybe save them up for that game with Boston. Is that a big game? 
No, I mean, it's obviously not in your division, not even in your conference. Um, but when you're going up against the best, you want to put up your best. So, uh, you know, everybody's going to be throwing around the Stanley Cup preview, whatever. That is what it is. <clears throat> but um, why not? Why not bring your A game into their arena? They're going to want to be coming after you because you handed them their first loss of the season. So um, get those guys rested, relaxed, and ready to go um, against the Boston Bruins in Boston. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, all right, Taylor Hall, let's get into it. Uh, brought it up in yesterday's show. It really seems to um, have taken off into the Internet and, and around NHL circles. So let's, let's kind of discuss it. And I prom- my promise to you is I won't make this the focal point of every show. And I'll be honest with you, like one of my favorite things in any sport even sports I don't really follow. Like, like not a. I follow college basketball. I don't really follow like NBA all that much. Um, but even in the NBA offseason, I love just seeing pieces of puzzles moving. And I love the free agency period in any sport. I just love seeing where guys go. And the money thing doesn't matter to me. They're all making way more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime. So I don't care about that part. I just like seeing teams <clears throat> who kind of at the bottom of the barrel, maybe revamping revamping themselves, or even those teams that are kind of like the 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 upper echelon teams adding. Sure, it's annoying, but you're just like amazed by how they can continue to bring in uh, talent the way that these top-tier teams do. I just love that side of things. So having said that, I will want to talk about the Taylor Hall uh, trades and all the news coming out of it. But for some people, I know that's not boring, but it just gets maybe redundant um, because nothing happens. And I don't think anything is going to happen for a little while here. But when you get this type of news, this type of player into uh, the trade talk with the media, it consumes every part of it. And it is what it is. If something happens where it's a... newsworthy thing where like, okay, maybe this is actually coming to reality. Obviously I'm going to talk about it. It's a big deal. Um, And every single article I read today about this included the Colorado avalanche, not just as a, a player of uh, the possibility of bringing him into their franchise, but like the number one team that should has the capability and I don't want to say most likely will, but but has the most percentage to land him to bring him in. Um, I will say this: I don't. I'm I'm actually going to. This is in early January. I don't know the exact dates. Right after the New Year, it's within like the first week of the New Year. Um, I, I'm in New York, so I I will be going to the Avalanche Devils game. And sometimes like in, in baseball, I know it's a different sport. You don't see this happen hardly ever in hockey, but I'm kind of holding out hope because I'm going to the game. Um, in baseball, a, a guy will be traded while that team is in town and they kind of like send him over to the other locker room and he changes uniforms and sometimes plays, sometimes doesn't. That's not going to happen with hockey because they're not going to put him on the ice immediately to play his former team. But I can hope, and I would love to see that happen in the game I'm going to see, uh, like I said, right after the new year. So one can hope. Is it going to happen? Unlikely. 
I gotta get my cat out of here because get out of here. There you go. Um, it just wants to be a part of the show. I don't know why. Um, so will this happen? Taylor Hall, I believe, is going to get traded. He has come out and said he does not want to be traded. And I believe that, but he's also not dealing with the devils for an extension. So maybe in a roundabout way, you are asking out of New Jersey. Um, New Jersey is going to want a heck of a lot to land him. Reports are saying they want at least one first round pick, maybe multiple first round picks. Um, and like I said yesterday, maybe that second first round pick is contingent on whoever he is traded to signs with that team. Um, they're also wanting a NHL, a, a NHL ready player and a player already in the NHL. So you're looking at possibly two number ones and two, you know, technically prospects, uh, maybe one prospect and one player that's maybe been in the league no more than five years at, at the max. And that would even be high. Um, so having said that, what do the Avs have that would satisfy New Jersey? And there are also reports coming out that New Jersey has been um, sending scouts to all levels of Avalanche games, NHL and AHL. Um it th- this is where it gets tricky because first of all what 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 do the avs want to do this whole thing that they have right now um in terms of the team that they've built and their minor league system which is ranked i believe number 2 right now i don't know who's number 1 but um avalanche are up there with their minor league system so you have the assets do you want to give that up for the chance of uh, running at a Stanley Cup this year. And let's be honest, the Avalanche land Taylor Hall, they catapult to the top of the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Um, everything that you've done up until now has really gone according to plan. With the players that you've acquired through the Matt Duchesne trade, um, the players that you've drafted, players you've traded for, you are a well-rounded team right now. You you trade for Taylor Hall, and you really blow that up, regardless if you sign him or not. If you don't sign him, um, it's not back to the drawing board, but it, it kind of sets you back for kind of some assets you might have had. What those assets are, we'll get into those and some possibilities. Um, if you do sign him, now you've created another uh, cap issue because he's going to command uh, Miko Rantanen money probably plus a little bit more. Um, and you have a lot of contracts coming up that you're going to have to fulfill, namely in Nathan McKinnon, who is going to demand soon to be Taylor Hall money, if that makes sense. And maybe even then some then. I don't know what the cap is going to be in that year. Um, but Pretty much, I would be willing to guess that Nathan McKinnon will be the highest paid player in the league when that happens. So, what do you do? Um, you're like I said, you're gonna have to if you bring him in and you want to sign him long term. Things get dicey with the current plan 
because you're going to have to let go of some players and who those guys are um, and in terms of not being able to sign them and who the guys are that you trade, we will talk about in a minute. My name is Paul Stewart, a third generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstad. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, so welcome back. And uh, we were talking about players and what players what package would you have to send to New Jersey to want uh, to to satisfy them to want them to make the deal to give you Taylor Hall forget about the draft picks that that is what it is you're gonna have to send them draft picks Um, and I think what people really want to know is the players what players involved would be involved in this deal would you they're gonna look at at Bone Byram Um, Is he protected? I would think he is. I would think he would have to be um, out off of the radar. And if you remember when the Avalanche had that horrific season, everybody was on the table to be traded except for Nathan McKinnon. And he had had a a fantastic rookie season. And then he kind of had a season or two where he was not the player he has blossomed into. But the Avalanche knew they had something special with him. And he was off limits. Don't touch him. Anybody else was available. Is that the case here? Would they be willing to, to part with, with Byram, who has all the potential in the world? Um, and, and Avalanche fans have been salivating at waiting for him to come up and seeing him on the same line with Kale McCarr. Would that go away? I don't think the Avalanche would be willing to do that. Um, Alex Newhook, who is their other... Um, draft pick from this year, who, by the way, both of those two guys were just named to the uh, Canada World Juniors 
team. They have to try out for the team, believe it or not. Um, I think both of them will make it. Um, so congratulations to those two guys. Would you give up a new hook? I think the, the Avalanche think very highly of him, obviously. If they drafted him, they think highly of him. But you always have to remember who you're getting in return, uh, even if it's for half of a season. Um, would they be willing to do that? I don't know. Um, some names that are also getting thrown around is Connor Timmins, Martin Kaut. Um, I would I would be willing, obviously, definitely to to part with those guys. And you and you always think for the worst. Always think the worst being you don't sign Taylor Hall after the season's over. Can you live with not having Timmins and Kaut anymore? But you made a push to the playoffs. You, I mean, if if you could. If you, you have your, your crystal ball and say the Avalanche will win the Stanley Cup this year by bringing in Taylor Hall, yeah, you get rid of anybody. Obviously, you can't say that, so that's the risk you run here. Um, now, a couple guys that have been thrown around, because as I said in the first segment, the Devils want an NHL current player. Some people are throwing around names like Tyson Jost and uh, JT Confer. That's where this starts to get... A little hazy. Has Jost lived up to expectations? I would say no, but he hasn't been bad. Um, I, I don't think, or I do think people kind of are, are he's like the whipping boy. Um, they had such high expectations for him. And I don't know, short of being like Nathan McKinnon, if anybody would consider um, meeting those expectations. But do you put him in a deal here? JT Comfort. Same kind of scenario. Um, I think a lot of people had good expectations for him. Again, I think he has been a he's a great asset to this team. The the position that he plays, same thing with Jost. What they do to this team is they add pieces of that puzzle. Do you give one or both of those guys up? I don't think you get both of those guys up. So let's say you do a first round pick. Do you do Timmins, Cow, and Jost for Taylor Hall? maybe for half a season. And then if you sign him, you give them another first-round pick. Oh, I This is why I am not in GM positions, because I don't know. Like, I am too loyal to players. Players that play for me, uh, I'm too loyal to them. Um, and, and I will do everything I can to keep them. But when you're dangling a guy like Taylor Hall around, it it just really... I shave my head, but if I had hair, I would uh, pull out the hair in my head that I don't have. So it, it's it's tough. And then, you know, on top of everything else, you give up those pieces, and then you bring in a guy. It's not like you're you're starting over, but there's going to be, like how I said in, in several episodes before, why the, how the Avalanche started off so hot, because those teams weren't, like, gelling yet, and the Avs did. Now you're going to be the team that might need a week or two to start gelling with Taylor Hall because now you have to mix and match lines, which we will talk about next, which could be scary, um, and figure out where to slot him. Is there enough pucks to go around between McKinnon and him? You know, I think Nathan McKinnon, for as you know, as many points as he scores, is a pretty unselfish. <laughs> it's weird saying that. For as many points as he scores, as many times as he shoots, which is far and above anybody else in the league, he's more or less an un- unselfish player. He, w- he will pass the puck up when he knows the time is right. 
But more often than not, he thinks like his shot is one of the better shots in the league that he can score. So by all means, score. But he, he I cannot imagine he would not welcome with open arms another Taylor Hall. So let's say this deal gets done. Well, first of all, let me say this. I think it's scary that Colorado is is being thrown around without thought um, as a team that wants to take in Taylor Hall or that could take in Taylor Hall because now you have a target on your back and now other teams might be dishing out more than they normally would so you don't get him. And I think that's the position Colorado is in. And um, going through social media and message boards and stuff like that, Colorado fans seem pretty set on Taylor Hall becoming an Av. And I would say pump the brakes on that because it's he's either not going anywhere, which is still a very big possibility. Um, I think this day and age in, in any sport, you get rid of an asset and and – if you're rebuilding, you know, do what the devils are doing and bank some picks and some um, young talent. Um, but Avalanche fans just seem so set that he's coming. And and when everybody else in the league notices that you are, I don't want to say the clear-cut favorite, you might be, but the clear-cut team that has the ability to get him, teams will make some rash decisions and give up stuff they normally wouldn't, like I said, so you don't get him. And that very well could happen here. Everybody knows the Avalanche are, as they are, and if they stand pat, they're fine. They're still a, a upper echelon team for this season. Um, and I think it actually came out today that there's new odds, and they are number three behind Washington, Boston. I think it's them um, as 12 to 1 odds to win the Stanley Cup. So they're fine if they don't get them. Um, but other teams are noticing that and GMs kind of make stupid decisions and they're, they're saying he could even go back to Edmonton. That would be scary. Um, I'm trying to think of some other teams that have been thrown around. Oh, Montreal has been thrown around a lot. I don't know if Montreal would, would get him as a rental. I mean, what's, didn't we look up Montreal's, uh, where they were in the standings? I thought they were kind of underachieving this year. They're, 11, 10, and 6. Um, where are they in the wild card spot? They're four game or the four points out of the wild card spot. So they're they're there. But would they they're on that borderline team? Does a borderline team take him uh, to maybe push them up? It's what Columbus did last year with Matt Duchesne, and look what they did in the first round. <clears throat> they didn't have a Stanley Cup to hoist at the end of the season. They made it past the first round, and then Duchesne bolted for the Predators. So there's so much going on here. Um, and I just want Avalanche fans to be realistic about this, that if they don't get him, <clears throat> don't throw your hands up in the air and say, what is Joe Sackick doing? Joe Sackick is, is going to do what's best for this team long term. He's proven that. And if he doesn't get the sense that he can sign Taylor Hall long-term, I don't think he pulls the trigger here. I just don't. But if he does, what are these lines going to look like? We're going to talk about that in a second. All right, and welcome back. So <clears throat> before we get to the possible lines, let's uh, kind of 
just come up with a hypothetical avalanche trade for Taylor Hall, um, and they sign him long-term. So what happens there? Uh, like I said in the beginning, you have blown up everything that you've worked for to this point. Um, and players are that you don't, didn't anticipate leaving might have to leave. Um, one of those players, and I was talking to this with a friend of mine, one of those players might be Gabriel Landeskog. You're almost giving the money that you would give to Landeskog to Taylor Hall. Because Taylor Hall is going to command money. Landeskog is going to command money. Not Taylor Hall money. Maybe two, three, four million less. I think four maybe is on the high end. <clears throat> but Landeskog, when he's due, I can see him, the Avalanche, paying him in between seven to nine million per year. I could see that happening. Now, does the do the Avalanche not want to go that route and save the money and put it towards other people like Nathan McKinnon? Maybe they want to do that. Um, but this coming year, uh, I'd have to go look it back up again. But there's, uh, I think the Avalanche are expected to have around like twenty million in uh, free agency money at the end of the season with what's opening up. They have some Tyson Berry money coming off the books. Um, Who'd they trade for? The the person that they trade for Washington, and then they gave him right back. I'm sure you guys are shouting it in your uh, cars and in your offices right now. I can't remember who it was, but his money's coming off the books. So they have, like, money to play with, but, you know, Taylor Hall's going to suck up a lot of that money. So um, that is what it is. But let's just forget about all that, and let's just think about right now for this year, if the Avs get Taylor Hall, what's your lines looking like? And boy, are they scary. Uh, if you put him on a line with Nathan McKinnon, you can forget about it. McKinnon, Hall, and Rantanen is the greatest line in hockey history. No, I'm not, not going to say that. <laughs> but it's bar none the, the greatest line uh, in today's hockey. And then even on your second line, you have who? Obviously, Landeskog, Kadri, and Burkowski. Wow. And then on your third line, what do you have? Jost, uh, Comfer, Donskoy. Uh, you can mix and match. You know, who gets and then who gets left out? And this is where, like, we we I've raved about Nachuskin. He might get left out. I don't know, but just think those those three lines, even that fourth line. Whoever's on that fourth line is just going to reap the benefits of those top those first three lines. Your your top six is ridiculous. It's crazy. <laughs> it's scary. It's it's all those adjectives and su superlatives that are are people that are not your fan base don't want to hear. Uh, they want that to be on their team, and they're not going to have it if Taylor Hall comes to the Avalanche. I put money down on my boys to start the season. Uh, not a lot. I'm not a big betting man because I'm bad at it. But um, I am loving my bet if Taylor Hall comes to Denver and just thinking about that first line of McKinnon Hall Rantanen how are you going to stop that and even if you want to bump uh, Hall down to the second line and bump Burkowski back or not Burkowski you couldn't really have him on the first line if it was Rantanen and and uh and McKinnon I, but if you wanted to put Landeskog and Hall together on the second line. Then you're kind of dividing it up and not just putting 
everybody up on the first line like they did with the MGM line, uh, your, your head could explode with the possibilities that this team has if they bring in the talent of Taylor Hall. But it remains to be seen. I've kind of taken up this entire show based on uh, you know the possibilities here. And I kind of did that intentionally because, like I said in the beginning, I don't want this to be a weekly thing or daily thing. Maybe I'll turn it into a weekly thing, maybe just do an update on anything Taylor Hall. But I think what happens is this stuff gets built up as soon as it hits the the, uh, the media wire, and then it dies down a little bit. Um, and right now, everybody's throwing out who they where they think he's going, for who, for what, and that's fine. And then we'll kind of die down, and then it'll pick back up again towards the end of February if he's not traded by then at the trade deadline. And uh, we'll see where he goes. But I do think he is going somewhere. Sure, the possibility is there that uh, the Devils keep him. I think they would be stupid to keep him because I really don't think he's going to stay there, Uh, which is a little bit surprising because they obviously have a lot of talent there. Um, But this might be a Matt Duchesne thing where he doesn't think that they're progressing as fast as he would like. And he wants out. He's not saying it publicly like Duchesne did. But um, he doesn't want to be there anymore. I, 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 and I have a very good friend that's a, a big Devils fan. And um, he, yeah, he, he's like, I, I, what's best for him is to, to leave and get the Devils some assets the way the Avalanche have. And maybe the Avalanche are the blueprint, blueprint for other teams right now. So we shall see. Uh, we'll update this if anything is worth reporting to you guys. But for now, that's where we stand. Everything is a big if right now. And if you're asking me what's my if, I say bring him in. But buyer beware. Be cautious. Um, so tomorrow's for, in, in tomorrow's show, we'll, we'll preview uh, the Wednesday game against Toronto. Um, and we'll do three stars of the week last week not named Nathan um, although it could easily go to him like it could every week uh, since he was the number one player of the month in the NHL like I said yesterday and once again go to NHL.com they have their all-star picks up there they're all-star captains and uh, Nathan McKinnon and Cam McCarr are up there among other avalanche with Miko Rantanen and Gabe Landeskog up there Um, I think it's kind of in the bag for McKinnon he's the clear-cut favorite to become the captain of uh, that division's all-star team. So uh, we will do the three stars of the week, not named Nathan, tomorrow. And uh, like I said, as well as um, previewing the the Toronto Maple Leafs game. Uh, So that's it for today, guys. Uh, I know it's Taylor Hall Central, but I kind of wanted to just get it all out there, or mostly... It's not all out there. Um, you could talk about this, oh, you know, probably over the course of a week. And I would love to do that because I love talking about stuff like that. But um, probably get bored on your end. So that's going to be it for today, guys. Um, we will see you tomorrow. And like we do every night, here's Joey. Go, Abs, go.